Insights from the team working to route your next flight around severe weather as we look toward a very active and stormy summer ahead. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for the very latest business aviation news and information. Severe weather obviously presents challenges to flight crews and also to those at the FAA's Air Traffic Control System Command Center tasked with managing the flow of air traffic across the national airspace system. NBAA is honored to have a team at the ATC-SCC working alongside FAA personnel along with representatives from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration and National Weather Service, all to ensure your next flight across the NAS remains safely away from convective activity, while also minimizing delays as much as possible. To learn more about how they make that happen, I'm joined today by Roland Nunez, Acting National Aviation Meteorologist in Charge for the National Weather Service and on contract with the FAA. Also with us is Dean Snell, Manager of NBAA Air Traffic Services. Dean, we'll begin with you. Based on what we've seen so far this year, what should we expect for the coming summer season? It's certainly not a question of if, but when. Uh, we know we're going to get uh, convection throughout the uh, summer season. So w- the command center and uh, the National Weather Service and the industry partners are ready for it. It's discussed uh, quite a bit in advance. Uh, so everyone knows what kind of tools we're going to be looking at and what initiatives we're going to be looking at implementing. We've already seen some significant use of airspace flow programs this year already uh, with a a front that extended uh, across the center of the country moving eastward. We've seen multiple airspace flow programs that join up as one line through three programs. So we anticipate um, those airspace flow programs to be used as needed uh, throughout the convective season. Roland, what are your thoughts? The Climate Prediction Center resources give us some insight where we're expecting above normal precipitation over the eastern third of the U.S. So quite likely that we're going to be seeing a very active uh, pattern that favors the eastern part of the U.S. So that does mean these charts don't necessarily say we're going to see thunderstorms every day, but it definitely would lead to believe that, especially as we go in towards that June, July, and August timeframe, expecting to see some above normal activity that will be taking place. And then it could likely extend all the way up and down the East Coast and extending as far west as St. Louis. And as far as the west goes, I would lean more towards what we typically see climatologically, especially over the mountains, but there is a tendency to show below normal activity. So anywhere, particularly over West Texas, going into the Arizona, New Mexico states, and then even the Pacific Northwest, they could potentially see below normal activity. Roland, how do you and other meteorologists at the command center assist the FAA with convective forecasting? And how often are those forecasts updated throughout the day? Here at the command center, we run off of a two-hour cycle where we're continuously bringing in new information and ingesting it into the plan, the strategic plan. And we're bringing those details down to the individual specialists that work here. We pull information from the Center Weather Service units, and a lot of, we get a lot of resources from them, such, especially uh, specific products that deal with swap uh, potential. 
So uh, New York and DC are two fine examples that daily provide information to us. We bring it together and that gets shared uh, for the planning process. So we also get information, uh, the details, particularly for the terminal folks, we, we bring in all the TAF information and we bring some value added information. A lot of the details that typically won't be described on the TAF, but with coordination with the authors of these forecasts, we're able to bring that in, put it together in a way that it's a lot more understandable and usable for decision making. You mentioned swaps or severe weather avoidance plans, and we'll delve into those in more detail later. But first, please tell us about one of the products that helps inform the process of developing a swap, the Terminal Convective Forecast. TCF is the third generation of coordinated products that we've been doing for years. And the beauty about the TCF that it brings not only the National Weather Service, and when I mean National Weather Service, that include the National Aviation Meteorologists, but the Aviation Weather Center who hosts the actual collaboration over in Kansas City. We bring all the, all the individuals that I mentioned, including the Center Weather Service units that we just talked about, and also the industry. They have a vital part in that decision-making. So we bring all the meteorologists in these different entities, bring them together to get a coordinated message. And from that, essentially sets our talking points and where we expect the impactful weather to take place. And that gets shared not only here internally at the command center, which is really the driving force, but everyone has access to it on the web as well. I see. And Dean, your team at ATS utilizes these tools to help NBAA members coordinate their flights through the national airspace system. How can weather constraints compound with other factors in the NAS to affect the airspace and traffic flow? Convective weather is just one constraint of many that are possible on any given day in the national airspace system. We know that thunderstorms are extremely impactful due to the amount of airspace that they can take away uh, for aircraft to, to utilize. So it's a very dynamic situation. But in addition to convective weather, you know, we have several other constraints such as volume, uh, both in route and uh, in terminal, uh, for so it, in route as well as uh, the airports throw in space launches and or military activity, which can shut down uh, airspace as well. And then most of uh, our operators are familiar with the VIP TFRs for the president and vice president. Looking specifically at the one most are familiar with, the Wilmington uh, presidential TFR, there are two common routes for aircraft destined to Teterboro and Morristown from the south uh, when that TFR is active. Uh, because the standard Jake arrival into those airports is not available. Uh, and one of those reroutes is the deep water route over the Atlantic, which takes you up, of course, outside of Washington Center. The other one is up through Cleveland Center, which adds a significant amount of distance uh, to, to the reroute. And say if, if, if there's weather uh, in Cleveland Center, convective weather, then that route option you know, might be off the table entirely, which then leaves just that deep water route. Another issue to keep in mind is if the airspace in one region is constrained with thunderstorms, then we commonly see the adjacent airspace having volume issues due to the number of aircraft that are rerouting around the storms through that adjacent airspace. So it's it's really a balancing act for the command center and the ATC facilities when you add all those constraints together. More with our guests in just a moment after this quick message from NBAA. NBAA Flight Plan listeners, your podcast is ready everywhere. You can download it from iTunes, ask your smart speaker to give you a listen, 
or hear it in any car with Apple's CarPlay. NBAA Flight Plan, available anytime, anywhere. We're back now with Dean Snell and Roland Nunez and our discussion about the effects from convective weather on the national airspace system. Roland, what are some of the other pre-planning convective weather tools that are available to assist in determining where severe weather may pop up? The Storm Prediction Center actually hosts several resources that would be very helpful to be able to get some insight for convection that's anticipated for day one and and actually dips a little in towards that uh, second day as well. In fact, we use a lot of that information not only for the operations here, but also for the PERTI plan that, that we do here, which essentially is our, our planning uh, process to be able to anticipate the next day. The Storm Prediction Center website has a lot of the the forecasts that, that are available more, that are geared more for tracking convection. And then there's other resources uh, that you can find uh, in various websites, models that are run and they, they all have their varying strengths. And then through practice, you can usually tell which ones perform better on given seasons and given days. But it, the beautiful thing about it, there's a way to look at it from a, an ensemble approach. And that really does help out, especially finding areas they're more likely to see organized thunderstorm development, which leads to the, the TCF we were just talking about and to be able to track where the most coverage of thunderstorms will be. Dean, how does information from all these resources come together in determining if, when, and where a swap will be in effect? The collaboration between the command center and the, the weather service units and the National Weather Service, uh, they, they work together, of course, first to identify the constraints but then the command center will also uh, work in conjunction uh, with the enroute facilities, the tracons, the towers, you know, to come up with an actual plan um, that includes throughput and arrival departure rates through that constrained airspace based on, uh, you know, how active the storms are going to be, how much airspace they're going to take up. Uh, and then the enroute centers usually will publish a swap statement, which include details on where they expect the weather to be, when it will form. Um, along with the traffic management initiatives that they're expecting to use uh, so they can safely and as efficiently as possible manage the weather event. Now, if, if the volume in the airspace or airport exceeds the rates that are set, then an ATC initiative is implemented, uh, such as an airspace flow program, uh, a ground delay program for a specific airport or airports, uh, ground stops for arrivals into an airport, and or a required route structure uh, around these storms. Uh, these initiatives can be very impactful, uh, which makes these weather tools so important. Predicting thunderstorms, um, especially air mass thunderstorms, um, is not a perfect science, although I think we've come a long way improving that. Uh, and the weather community experts, along with the FAA and industry, partners are constantly looking at ways to improve these important weather products so that we can do much better at where and when we reduce the, the rates. Uh, we want to dial the numbers down at the right time and not do it too early and certainly not too late. As Dean mentioned, it, it's not an exact science. So we're really looking continually to see any departures from what the forecast was taking place. And we want to be reactive or more specifically, we want to anticipate when those changes are going to take place based on those subtle changes that we notice. And we want to make sure we stay on top of it so we adjustments can be made on the fly because we truly want to be able to respond 
ahead of any changes take, that take place because there's always clues that are taking place. We just want to make sure that we're getting that information to them instantaneously so they can make those adjustments in a timely manner. The two most common traffic management initiatives for and root thunderstorms are required root structure and when needed airspace flow programs. Uh, and that's when the storms are more in the in route environment and not so much around the airports. Um, and the AFPs are the most impactful as it captures and or delays all traffic um, traversing a specific line in space, uh, which is called an FCA or flow constrained area. In an AFP, flights will be given edicts or expected departure clearance times through that airspace. But when the thunderstorms are expected to impact the actual terminal areas, then we're more likely to see ground delay programs and or ground stops for those given airports. Uh, the ground stops themselves are more common when the storms are moving through and over the airports. And it is common to see uh, ATC initiatives, even in areas where the weather is clear, as I was saying before, as, as often heavy volume is pushed through that airspace due to the constraints associated with adjacent airspace. A good example of this is, is Boston Center will see quite a bit of traffic if, if the New York departure fixes are shut off. They'll look at sending aircraft up into Boston Center um, from the south before they turn west. And they have to obviously manage the throughput there so because you still have the traffic that's departing the Boston area airports westbound. But at least it's a route that's open and working. Roland, I understand you also work with weather forecasting tools and products that are still under development. Can you tell us about some of those? Well, there's a couple that come to mind. Uh, first of all, a lot more emphasis now in the National Weather Service to do more what's called a model blending. And there's a, a process called the National Blend of Models, it's in the uh, M NBM is what they call it. And uh, it's uh, available on the web. And there's a lot of tools that have continued to be, uh, continue to be added. And more specifically for convection, there's ways to be able to track well in advance based on all the model input. And it's a whole bunch of details as far as which models are used and how they determine the biases and the success rates of those models. And, and uh, I won't get into the weeds with that, but the beautiful thing about it, it brings in a for the example we had earlier, going to the Storm Prediction Center, you can look at various models and try to determine, well, they're all different. Well, the beautiful thing about the National Blend of Models, we're able to show the strengths of each, each of these models, but we're also able to see how, work, how well of a footprint they're able to create when you blend them together, uh, and they all are weighted based on their biases. So, and I, pretty simply, the ones that are doing well get a heavy bias and use in the blend where the ones that are having a lot of variability are used less. So that process is continuous. You can imagine the, the, the computer power, uh, firepower that they, they need for this to be able to get, get this to, to finish in, in a time where you can use it. So that's really the big one. The other one is a lot of high-resolution modeling that's taking place. Those that you find at the Storm Prediction Center, for example, those are continually being updated. And the beautiful thing about those is that as we get more computer power, we're able to get more resolution rather than just doing every hour. You're seeing a lot more of 30-minute intervals, 15, and even, even shorter, for particularly for areas that get 
a lot of, of convective weather. And I can see one of the beautiful things to be able to see that this is not in place right now, but the goal would be is how we able to get that fine resolution at the core terminals, for example, or any, any of the highly uh, used terminals and be able to get that type of resolution. So the future is going that direction. So Dean, let's drill down on how business aviation operators can benefit from these tools when planning their next flight. What should flight crews be doing in the days before a flight to raise their awareness of the situations they're likely to encounter? The best way to prepare is to have the, the situational awareness ahead of your flight as to where and when the thunderstorm constraints are, are forecast to occur. There are several tools available that can help you identify uh, where convective weather is forecasted. One to three days out, I would suggest looking at that Storm Prediction Center website. It provides a good capture of convective forecasts one to three days in advance. You know, once you get past that three days, it, it you know, certainly becomes more more iffy um, as you're further out as far as accurate predictions. When a convective area is forecast along your normal route of flight that you would normally take, you may want to look at how you can route around that weather to begin with uh, as you're looking at routes when you're doing your flight plans. Uh, and this could very well get you ahead of the game if reroutes are needed on your day of operation. Now, once you get to that day of operation, a great tool is that terminal convective product, the TCF, that we have already discussed. And, and this will give you the forecast for that convective coverage in, in the two-hour increments, as we had mentioned, uh, an example, two, four, six uh, hours out, or so on. Uh, now, the TCF itself can be found at the Aviation Weather Center website, which is aviationweather.gov. And, and then it's, it's under the forecast tab at the top. And then you select the convection tab in the pull down menu, and that'll get you to, to that TCF product. Also, uh, the FAA uh, command center publishes a next day plan. Uh, it's also called PERTI. Uh, the evening before, they'll send it out after the 9.15 p.m. Eastern Time Planning Telcon in advisory. And this advisory will include specific ATC initiatives that are possible the following day. Um, with weather being really dynamic, they're not 100% accurate, but it's close and it should give you a, a good feel for what they're looking at and what they're gonna use that next day. The advisories themselves uh, can be found on the fly.fa.gov website where you can select the advisories tab at the top of the page. I think I had said before, I think it's always a good idea to have alternative uh, or alternate routes in your back pocket if weather constraints are in the forecast. Some of the uh, examples of that that I see used frequently uh, is a common escape route uh, that we see out of New York called the Sermon South, which are low-level routes out of New York City airports down to Washington Center. Now, granted, these keep you down low for the duration of your flight, but they're a great option if the preferred routes uh, between New York and, and DC are blocked with weather. There are a number of these low level routes, uh, especially in the Northeast um, out of New York, Philly and DC that you can look at during those severe weather events. Uh, and those should all be published via advisory uh, when they're available. How about on the day of the flight, Roland? Any additional resources that can benefit flight crews? All the examples that Dean just shared are excellent. The only other one I can add is going over to weather.gov and call up the center weather service unit in the area that you're going to be flying. So weather.gov backslash Z and then whatever their identifier is. And you can actually locate, for example, for, for Fort Worth, if you wanted to get a hold of their CWSU briefing, 
that they produce and it's for the actual air traffic controllers. They're actually, this information is going directly to them. They actually are required to listen and watch this uh, before they get on the glass. So I would recommend that as an additional one, particularly the day of. The only other thing I might add is, you know, when you are en route, if some thunderstorms end up popping up along your route, obviously, um, you know, be be expected to to deviate. And that's actually why a lot of these initiatives are, are put in place. So air traffic control has the real estate to, to move these flights around as they encounter these uh, thunderstorms en route. So, you know, always, you know, have enough fuel on these convective days to be able to add some mileage, uh, you know, to your flight based on weather popping up. And, and it may not, not even be forecasted, but, but it does pop up, then obviously you're going to need to route around it. One other thing I'll add is I've been at the command center going on 18 years. Uh, and when I first started there, the National Weather Service did not have representatives on site on the command center floor since that that has changed. And it really has provided a ton of value um, to the FAA and the command center, as well as industry, to have those meteorologists on site getting that real-time weather information to the specialists. And it, it really helps to pick the perfect initiative or, or the right initiative based on that exact weather situation. Another important part of this process is you, the pilot, whose operations are directly affected by the forecasts and conclusions made by Roland, Dean, and all the other team members at the ATC-SCC. And they want your feedback on the accuracy of their models. So be sure to submit PIREPs to ATC, as those will get back to the command center. To recap a few of the resources we've discussed today, you can view the Terminal Convective Forecast at aviationweather.gov forward slash TCF. For detailed overall forecasts along your route of flight, head to weather.gov forward slash and the three-letter Z identifier for the Air Route Traffic Control Center for that area. Of course, you can also learn more about these and other weather resources available for business aviation operators at nbaa.org forward slash weather. And visit nbaa.org forward slash ATS to find out how NBAA Air Traffic Services works for business aviation every day from the floor of the FAA Command Center. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Uh, 3500. Uh, we got him inside. We're slowing it back to 170.